0: Hey guys we're so glad you're tuning into the apex students podcast we hope you enjoy this message from apex students and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like jesus i have never really been like much of a like scared person. Like, fear is not usually my reaction to things. Well, I mean, I guess that's not fair to say. But in a, like, fight, flight, or freeze situation, I'm usually going to fight a threat. So I guess it's still a form of fear, but I'm I'm not much of a run kind of person. Um, It's not that I'm afraid of anything, because, you know, we all deal with things But there are some people that, like, fear basically runs their life, right? They, like, spend their whole life running away from things. Um, And that's not so much the case in my life. I know, like, as a kid, I was moderately afraid of the dark. Anybody else? Yeah? I feel like it's—you that's okay. You can still be—I know, like, when I was in, like, high school and stuff, probably not high school, maybe, like, middle school, I have—I had a really bad driveway at my home, so I'd have my friends drop me off uh, on the other side of the road. And then I had a good 50-yard sprint to the house. If, if, like, the porch light was off, I am running. Because you've got to outrun the demons, right? you got to get in the house before anything can catch you. Very important. Uh, a little younger than that, I would set up my action figures. I can still see one particular Batman action figure around the perimeter of my bed. Because they—it made me feel better, okay? Like, they protected me from the monsters that were coming out of my closet. I don't really know the logic there, but— it, I slept better. Isn't that interesting? As a child, I legitimately slept better um, because of putting out my action figures. Now that I'm more of a grown-up, my fears have grown up with me. And let me tell you a little bit uh, about my fears now. I have three basic family's themes in my nightmares. Three basic types of types of nightmares. One type is where I'm unprepared for something. So when I was in college, it was like a test or a final, like a project or something like that. Or even like now that I'm out of college still, I'll have a dream where I like didn't do anything for a class since the end of semester. I, like I didn't even show up to this class. I got to take a final. I got to turn in all these projects and I'm completely unprepared. Sometimes now it's for preaching because like I have a dream that like Pastor Ray says, all right, time for you to preach on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, and I've done no research and no preparation. That is the type of nightmare that I have. The second type of nightmares that I have are where I have to pay for something. So I've had nightmares about car accidents, but not the kind where I'm like in a car accident, where I'm like driving my car with a remote control and I crash it and I'm realizing my insurance isn't gonna cover this that, or I drop my phone and it cracks, or like an iPad or something, those are the types of nightmares that I have. <laughs> the third type of nightmare that I have, um, it's about sharks. So I don't know what to tell you about that, but that is, those are my adult nightmares. So um, you got unprepared for things, paying for things, and sharks. So for this past couple of weeks, we've been in a series called Boss. And in this series, we've been talking about how to defeat the idols that run our lives because we want God to run our life. We want him to make the calls. And sometimes we let other things take the the reins of our life and take the seat of our heart. And uh, we're talking about how to defeat these idols and tear down false gods that we have kind of elevated in our lives. And they distract us from the one true God who created us and loves us. So a lot of times these idols seem harmless, but when we give them complete reign of our life, they take us in bad directions and it can be very destructive. In the first week, we talked about defeating the God of me. So we talked about this little mirror here. And uh, the, the defeating the God of me by giving up our seat, giving up my seat and serving the people around me, being willing to come last and, and deny yourself some things to bring up other people and to focus on God. The second idol we talked about was the God of stuff. We talked about how the, how the God of stuff, like sometimes your stuff can own you instead of, your owning, instead of owning your stuff. Stuff can become a false idol uh, if we're not careful. We defeat the God of stuff by letting go of our things, being more generous, and putting other people before us. Tonight we're talking about another nasty idol, and that is the idol of worry. We're talking about the idol of worry in our lives. Worry and fear and things like anxiety. And maybe you've never thought of worry as something that could be your boss. You've never thought you could be ruled by worry. But when you think about it, a lot of people worry so much that it controls their lives that every decision they make is filtered through this lens of worry, of how is this going to impact? Am I going to be afraid of something? Is this something going to harm me in this situation? It's all about fear. And tonight, I want to take a look at how worry can become a false god and can, can run our lives and take the reins, whether we realize it or not. We've read this passage a couple times now from Exodus 20. It said, Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other gods before me. Now, it's been about, what, 2000, wait, it's been thousands of years, not 2,000, like six, like four or six, sorry, my math. It's been thousands of years <laughs> since this was written, like uh, like probably six or so, or, or eight in that range, since God gave this commandment to Moses. And it can be tempting to look at this and, and think about that and think, how could this apply to me at all? How does this have anything to do with my life as a person alive in the year that I am alive? How could this have anything to do with me? But here's the thing. Thousands of years ago last week and today the God of the universe is saying let me have the reins of your life He's saying life is better with me. Just accept life with me because it's better that way He's been saying that from the very beginning and we continually say I'm not so sure Let me try something else But God from the very beginning has been saying no other gods before me. Don't put another idol in my place You're gonna have the best life by putting me at that in on that throne in the, the God place of your life at first glance, worry may not seem quite as dangerous as the God of me or the God of stuff. It may not quite feel like it belongs in the same family, but if you don't know how to dis- tell process worry, it can take over your whole life. It can take over everything you are. It can become the boss of you. And here's some good news, though. God is not at all surprised or intimidated by your struggle with worry. Congratulations. He is not surprised. He is not afraid of it. He's not worrying himself. He has given us, even better, he's given us the tools to defeat the God of worry, or at least offended it off for a while. And he helps us. He gives us the strength to deal with that stuff, too. So let's fast forward a couple thousand years after Moses' time. Um, God gave Moses this, have no other gods before me commandment. Um, now let's look at what Jesus said, because Jesus is God incarnate. And he said, all right, I'm going to come into the form of man. I'm going to be a part of my creation. So Jesus came to earth. He said some stuff about this false god of worry as well. So we're about to read an excerpt from the Sermon on the Mount. And we're super into mountains around here, if you haven't kind of looked around. Um, Apex means the top of a mountain. So we talk a lot about what God does on the top of mountains. And um, Jesus preached what is considered probably the best sermon ever preached— on a mountain, and it's called the Sermon on the Mountain. There's a man named Matthew who thought that so important that when he was recording the life events of Jesus, he said this is going in there because this was that important. And uh, so I'm going to need a little bit of help before reading this, all right? I need a little bit of interaction. I need some help. Let me see. I'm going to take – let me see. Who do I want? I want Amanda and Anna. Would you guys come up here? I'm not taking volunteers. I'm volunteering you. I'm voluntolding you. So I need you to stand right here. And then I need Kiefer – And Cohen. I need you guys to be right here. Oh, gosh. Cohen's going to be so mad. I'm sorry. All right. So, Anna and Amanda, you got to be birds. Can you do that for me? Can you just be birds? I need you to flap the whole time. It's not going to be, like, too long, but I just need you to flap like you were a bird, born a bird. Flap. Flap, flap, flap. Yeah, you can, if you need to move around a little bit, like, keep it kind of contained, but yeah. You guys... You're not birds. No, no, no. You're flowers. So I need you to put your petals right here at your neck, and I need you to wave in the breeze. You can't be a stationary flower. I need you to wave in the breeze just a little bit. Oh, my gosh. You're so better than I, than I am. Thank you. I did not anticipate it. Okay, great. Flapping, and we're waving. You're a... The, the flowers don't talk. So you're a, a silent flower, okay? I love this. I love this. All right. I will be referencing them here. We're going to read from the Sermon on the Mount, Okay. You can read along here as you watch the flapping. Continue to flap. Continue to wave in the wind. Come on, Cohen. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. All right, ready? This is Jesus giving what's considered the most important sermon of all time. This is what he says. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest food stored in barns, or, or uh, yeah, plant or harvest or store food in barns for their heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries at a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Keep waving. <laughs> why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. Aren't they beautiful? They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Give it up for the flowers and the birds. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. Great job. Great job. Thank you. All right, now tune in here for the conclusion. Tune in for the conclusion, all right? So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus names some of the top things we worry about. He kind of goes into depth here. He names, uh, we worry about like our lives and our safety. We worry about our image for other people. And here's what it shows me. It shows me three things that Jesus is talking about here. Worry steals your focus. Worry steals your focus from God. Worry takes your focus off of what God can do, which is literally anything. And it takes your focus and puts it on you and what you can do, which is very little, comparatively. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, but first it just takes your focus. Have you ever seen a bird grow their own food? That is a fun cartoon to play out in your head. (laughs) But you will not see a bird farming or harvesting or gathering or hunting. It does not have to make, or grow, or earn it's worms, seed, and fruit that it eats. It's gifted with these natural abilities, and it, it, it makes the meal. God is—it's it's a demonstration of God's provision that birds survive. They reap the benefits of God's goodness. And you are way more important and more valuable and more cherished to God than any dumb bird. Even like the, the big ones and the pretty ones, you are more valuable to God than an ostrich or a peacock or a bald eagle. Yeah. It's true. So, if he takes care of the birds, he's gonna take care of you. Second is um, kind of the implication of the first. Worry focuses on you. Worry focuses on you. We worry about our image way too much. I'm very guilty of this, um, worrying about my image. What we look like, what we wear, what other people are thinking about us, I'm very guilty, I know many of us in this room are. But have you ever seen a lily? Besides the beautiful lilies we had in this room, Have you ever looked at a flower, looked closely at a lily? Because they're gorgeous without even trying. No flower has ever been standing in a field and said, wow, I'm gorgeous. Or I hope I'm prettier than that other flower over there. That doesn't happen. Because flowers are beautiful and and, and gorgeous without even trying or worrying. They are void of self-consciousness, not an ounce of self-consciousness in their little flower hearts. A flower's not worried about what it looks like. The third thing is that worry makes us conform. Worry makes us conform. When you're a Jesus follower, you are called to be different. It's just the way it is. And as much as I want to push against that, because I don't really like being different, um, it's just the way it is. When you have your priorities where God tells you to put them, you're going to look different than the rest of the world. You're going to walk a little different. You're going to talk a little different. You're just going to be a little different. Worrying is easy. Worrying is what people do all over the place all the time. Worrying, when you worry, you look just like the world around you. And we're called to be different than the world because the world is focused on what they can do and how they can prepare for themselves. But we need to be focused on what God can do. And when we do that, it helps us defeat worry. We are called to be and do more than the rest of the world. We are called to focus on God. Here's some good news. We can defeat the God of worry. And you're not going to win this war in a day, but you can win a battle. First, here's some hints to know you're worshiping the God of of worry. These are important. When you're focused on your own needs, you might be uh, like a bird, doesn't have to worry about its own needs. You may be worshiping the God of worry. Now, listen, self care is important and it's popular right now. And yes, take care of yourself, but I'm afraid that we're about to watch the pendulum swing too far the other way. And we're going to see people obsessed with their own needs. Take care of yourself, but don't focus exclusively on your own needs. When you're focused on your needs. The second one when you're consumed with your image. When you're consumed with your image. This is something I struggle with. And uh, we do have to be careful about how people see us. Because as people that are different, we are representing God to everyone that we meet. And so when you're representing God, you want to make God look good. But at the same time, if you are obsessed with that thought, you might be worshiping the God of worry. And if we're honest, when we're thinking about our image, it is less often so that we can represent God well and more often to look good ourselves. I'm willing to admit that. I hope you are as well. The third one is when you are filled with fear, because everyone deals with this in some capacity. You're going to have some sort of worry that keeps coming up in your life, and praying and reading your Bible can help, but they may not be the whole battle. That may not be the entire battle. You may need to do some more things. And if you let fear run your life without consulting a, a, maybe a professional or without talking to a trusted friend or a parent or pastor, if you let fear run your life, you're going down a bad path. And it could just be that you're not trusting God enough. Maybe there's other things going on, but it could be that you need to say, God, I'm done worshiping the God of worry because i found some some. Ab- some comfort and worry because it makes me feel like I'm doing something. Maybe you worry because it feels like you're preparing for something. But you may be worshiping the God of worry and what you need to do is seek God first. Seek the one true God and put him on the throne of your life. And here's what we do if we begin to worship the God of worry. Jesus said it. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus gives us the key here, and He gives us the big idea for tonight. We defeat the God of worry when we seek God first. It's that simple, and at the same time, it's that difficult. We defeat the God of worry when we seek God first. This is what I found to be true in my own experience. Whatever your focus, whatever you focus on will grow. Whatever you focus on will grow. So when you make the decision to follow Jesus, your trust in Jesus grows. But when you follow, when you focus on your worry, when that is on a loop in your mind, when you focus on your worry, your worry grows. And a lot of times you're going to accidentally bring the thing you're worried about. When you focus on your worry, your worry goes, grows. When you focus on Jesus, your trust in Jesus grows. So if you're struggling with worry right now, take, you can take a step tonight in defeating the God of worry and changing your focus, moving the direction of your focus and your attention to Jesus, to seek him first. We defeat the God of worry when we seek God first. Sim's so gonna sing this song for a little bit. And uh, just like five minutes or so, and I want you to take this time and talk to God. So for the next like minute, I want you to start out by just telling God what you're worried about. What's going on in your life right now that's stressing you out, that is is running a laps around your mind. Tell God the things you're worried about. Don't let this Pass by. You don't don't think this is just another thing the pastor can say while I, you know, fall asleep. Do this one, please. Take a minute and tell God what you're worried about. That's it. I don't want you to do anything else for about a minute. Tell God what you're worried about. And then talk to God about that list. This is just an exercise in prayer independence and focus on God. Talk to God about your worries. Confess to him the ways that you've worshipped this God of worry and the, the things you haven't given over to him yet. Because a lot of us are worried about things we haven't prayed about a single time. Ask him to show you or teach you something about your worry. So for example, maybe after you run that list, you realize all of my worries are about school or all of my worries are about my future or all of my worries are about relationships. Ask God to reveal some of that stuff about you. Maybe he's going to show you a particular thing that you need to do to address your worry. Talk to God about it. Work on giving your worries to him and focusing on him in times where you feel worries taking over. I don't know exactly what God's been speaking to you tonight. I hope that you are listening and that. I hope that you remember the hopeful parts of tonight, that you don't get stuck on what fear can do if you let it take over, but I hope that you remember the hopeful parts and what can happen when God sets you free of that and, when, and the tools that he's given us to fight it. Because worry has the potential to consume you and, and it can feel like there's no escaping it and that there is nothing else other than a life of worry. But when you focus on God, it won't be overnight. But when you continue to turn your focus to Jesus, he deals with worry. That's one of the things that gets cut away. And maybe not entirely, but I promise you it's better with Him. He's given us everything we need to take care of. He takes care of the birds, and the flowers are beautiful without even trying. And God has taken care of us as well. He gave Himself, He died on a cross to take care of us. And He continues to make Himself available for us to rely on, and all we have to do ask. So my prayer this week is that we would ask God for that. We would ask God to help us defeat the God of worry and that we would turn our focus from ourselves, from what we look like, from, from needs and worrying about things that have never happened and that we would seek God first. We would focus on the light of Jesus so much that our fears, our worries, anxieties dim because the light of Jesus is so bright in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you've given us the tools and that you help us to deal with things like worry in our lives. Thank you that we are a God we can turn to in, the, in difficult times, and you care about us and you love us. You loved us so much that you died on a cross for us, for our sins, so that we could be reunited with you so that we would be taken care of. Help us to remember that sacrifice. Remember you take care of the birds. Remember that you take care of the flowers you've taken care of us. When we're tempted to to worship the God of worry, help us to remember that you've taken care of us. And as we turn our attention to you, as we seek more and more of you, we can defeat the God of worry. We love you. We worship you. It's in your precious name we pray. Everybody said, Thanks for listening to this Apex Students podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.